0: it was very liberating I I I was giggling the whole time
1: because I felt like I was doing the ultimate taboo you know you're not allowed to be in public without your clothes on only children are allowed to be in public without their their clothes on and it was very freeing in a way I felt like a child again because running in the streets naked but with a handbag well of course shoes and a handbag a girl can't go anywhere without her handbag um... her pocketbook (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast, taking a deeper and deeper dive into all things Madonna, past, present, and future. Hey,
0: everybody, you're listening to the MLVC podcast. Uh, I'm Stefan. Hey, I'm Tony. And we're coming from New York City, and we're here to talk about the one, the only, the Madonna, the queen of pop.
1: Otherwise known as Madam X, Madonna's coming out with a new album on June 14th, as everyone knows.
0: In case you haven't heard.
1: In case you haven't heard. It's uh, out on the streets. Madam X comes out June 14th, and we got the new single, Medellin, which came out last Wednesday. And Yeah, I mean, everyone's got it on repeat. Now we've got all these other singles that are coming out in quick succession.
0: It's very exciting. It's a good time to be a Madonna fan right now, I gotta say.
1: Yeah. She's dropping hints. She's dropping videos. Let's talk about today's video. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yes. Okay. So yes, I love that. Well, first of all, I just love that she's being so interactive. Um, We're getting lots and lots of stuff on her. And you know that her social team is working overtime. I I, I love that people still think Madonna is handling her social media, but um, it's a little too flawless.
1: (laughs) It's really good. And you know, and this is the thing that we sometimes used to complain about that Madonna just didn't give us enough, you know, and she would just give us, you know, crumbs, but now we're getting, you know, full rollout and it's really,
0: yeah. Times have changed. Madonna has caught up. She's, uh, she's given it to us. Let me tell you.
1: So she posted on her Instagram today, a one minute video, and it seems like it's more of a, a continuation of the Madam X teaser that came out a week ago. Wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, it's a little bit of I'm wondering exactly where the final placement of that's going to go, if this is part of whatever the future rollout of the album is going to be, or if there's, again, like I've heard, possibly uh, Netflix special or who who knows? I, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, like this seems to have been part of that. I've named my album Madam X, and we've gotten to hear the origin story of Madam X being from Martha Graham herself.
1: And when Madonna's wearing those long braids and she's doing all those dance moves, they're definitely inspired by Martha Graham.
0: Martha, 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 yes. it's. um,
1: I mean, what's the validity of the story of Martha Graham coming to Harlem to knock on her door? I didn't know Madonna lived in Harlem, did you?
0: Well, I think that that was... um, I, yeah, I thought Madonna was Lower East Side girl. I I didn't realize she was. Maybe she she squatted in Harlem for a little bit. Yeah, during I, uh, the
1: filming of the Secret video.
0: Yes, exactly. Maybe that was. <laughs> it's, maybe she's just starting to confuse her timelines. She, she's not quite sure when things are happening. The ghost of Martha Kram visited Madonna while she was on set of the Secret video and <laughs> uh, gave her she, Martha name. Martha. Yeah, Martha knocked on her door and presented her with a future album. Madonna's been holding on to that name for decades. And finally, she's graced us with the the, the Martha Graham gift.
1: So the song that's playing uh, is a continuation of the song that was teased in the original teaser, but we hear more of it, and it seems a kind of electronic, but mostly orchestral.
0: A little bit of a ballad, sort of, uh, and a uh, very retrospective. Madonna seems very uh, reflective on this album so far. Between Medellin, thinking back to her seventeen year, and this other song that's in the background of this video, sort of talking about how she came from the Midwest. So exactly. it's all M- Madonna looking back on her on her former her former lives.
1: Well, the video for Medellin premieres this Wednesday on MTV. Yeah.
0: And I have a feeling she's going to turn it out, honestly.
1: We've seen so many different images from the video. And you see her in a wedding dress with that cowboy hat. And that long red glove. And you see a lot of dancing. You see a lot of dancers. I love the
0: boomerang of her doing some sort of dance with a group of people. It looks like a a very large wedding party doing some sort of, I don't know if that's the chicken dance or- It's definitely the line dance.
1: So Madonna's marrying Maluna (laughs) in this video because that's the only way she's gonna get to marry him. Yes. And we're all gonna love seeing it.
0: Tony, did you see the clip of her? It resurfaced now that the song has premiered, but people had- Resurfaced the clip of when Maluma first met Madonna backstage at the VMAs last year. And it is so fascinating to just look at Madonna's gaze as Maluma is saying hello to Lenny Kravitz and whoever else is back there. Like Madonna gets up and says hello and she is just like transfixed on him. And I as I was watching that clip, I'm like, that was her thinking, okay. I thought I finished my album, but no, I am going to work with this guy and we are going to release a single. And that's the end of it. Like that's what you can sort of see happening on her face.
1: Yeah. It was almost like there was like a cloud above her with like a big stake, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just little exclamation points. (laughs)
1: Salivating. She did that with Ricky Martin, but it didn't turn out so well.
0: It didn't go that quite as well. Yeah, I think that was... Uh, I mean, it was a great song. I like that Ricky Martin song. But... Hey, she
1: did it with Britney and Christina, and that turned out really well as well.
0: But, okay, so... We digress. We digress. Medellin video on Wednesday. I think it's going to be a bit of a production. I, I, I'm hoping this ushers in the new era of lots of Madonna videos.
1: Well, May 3rd, we get a single called I Rise. Then a week later on May 10th, we get Crave, which is her song with Sway Lee. Then we get Future.
0: Who is that? Who is that? Who is that?
1: I I don't know. He's a rapper. Rapper? Um, oh, he's wow. from a band called Race Remmered, which I've heard, but I don't know him specifically. On May 17th, Future is the next song that's released, and that's one with Quavo. Uh, or is it Quavo? <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not quite sure I'm not, I'm not up on my rappers.
1: And then on June seventh, uh, Dark Ballet." so she's releasing a single every week until the proper album is released
0: Well, and I mean,
1: with each song, I mean, was it a, was it a visual album? I mean, were there videos you know made for each song let's Let's hope so.
0: I have a feeling these are just teaser singles, sort of hype singles to get us more excited. I don't necessarily think they're official singles for the album. I just think that they're little sprinklings to get us excited leading up to, which I love. I think that's a great marketing campaign. You know, uh, give us a little bit more and let us hear. Because, again, the drag queen disco song that's coming out, uh, that I think she's supposed to be performing at Eurovision, um, is apparently the second single, and that's not one of those four that are coming out. So, what, what song is that? I think that's the one, Killers Who Are Partying. Is that the, what's the? Killers Who Are Partying, um, track six. <laughs> yes, that I believe is the song about gun violence that has the drag queens in the video and is she wanted to perform at Eurovision and they fought her on it because it's too controversial but I think that's the official second single so the four songs now again we could be yeah. wrong uh if, if you're listening to this podcast after the fact and we have gotten it wrong please don't heart don't hate on us it's just <laughs>
1: we are your breaking
0: news podcast Yes, we are not a breaking news podcast. we are We are just here here to talk about Madonna and maybe and hypothesize about what she might be doing.
1: Hey, we've already been proven wrong, but it's been really fun, you know
0: Yeah <laughs> thanks, Madonna.
1: <laughs> so then we have the Billboard Awards performance that's on May first, and that's going to be a performance of Medellin with Maluma, and that ought to be interesting.
0: I I love that we've gotten some behind-the-scenes looks at that. If it's anything as opulent as the video, I think we're in for a treat. But I always get very nervous when she performs live on an award show. That's the last 10 years. I, it is. And honestly, I was nervous. I was I was always nervous even before the Brit Awards when she took her tumble. I, I have been nervous. I remember when I saw her coming up out of the floor at the Oscars to sing sooner or later. And my hand was probably trembling just as much as hers. I, I've just, I always get so anxious that I want, cause I want her to do really good. And I, I want her to like, I guess I just want everyone to love her as much as, as I do, but. Um, exactly.
1: You don't want really to give people a reason to like say shit. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Which people will say shit about her anyway. So um anyway. but i just i think every time she has a new era out and there's a new performance uh you know like with it was hung up at the grammys or if nothing really matters at the grammys or any any time she sings anything uh at a it it's when it's not her show things are out of her control which is when i think things don't go quite as well as she normally would, you know? So she's at the Billboard Music Awards. This is not her tour. Hopefully she'll, you know, prepare enough and it'll be great. But I just, yeah, I always get nervous that either she's going to, you know, like the Super Bowl performance was amazing. It was 13 minutes of sheer amazement. And the only thing I ever heard people commenting about afterwards was, oh, she almost fell off that one
1: there. Well, she did.
0: I was like, out of everything else that they're going to fixate on, it's like she's wearing six inch heels being cartwheeled around on bleachers while, you know, people are slacklining around her and whatnot. I'm like, give her, give her, give her the one step people.
1: I'd forgotten about that actually. But yeah, when it happened, that was all I heard too. And-
0: well, and, and, and up until that point, that was, that was as scary as it had gotten. Goodness knows we, did, we had no idea she was going to be yanked off a flight of stairs in a couple of years.
1: So what have you been hearing about how Medellin is doing overall? Okay, so
0: the, well, I guess it's a, it's a perfect world for me because I don't necessarily pay attention to what the rest of the world is saying or doing about Madonna. Like I was home visiting my family in the suburbs over the weekend and I had the radio on a little bit. I didn't hear the song. I was hoping maybe I would. I didn't. So I just turned it on. I, mean, I played it through my phone. And according to me,
1: Madonna was being played in Philadelphia all over. So, uh, well, the song is number one on the Latin Digital Song sales chart this week. As it should but be. But it's kind of dropped off every other list. And BBC has already declined to play it.
0: Well, Screw BBC. Yeah, they did that. that with Living
1: for Love. So I mean, they're they're just saying, ridiculous.
0: I don't understand. They played Share. <laughs> didn't they play they played Believe. I you know and that was I think wasn't Share 60 or over when she recorded that song? Uh,
1: yeah, she was a young girl when she recorded that song. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, people just don't want to accept Madonna as a legitimate artist anymore you know she's already dropped off the itunes chart and that's like you know front page news Ugh. but well you know i i saw that it was number one all over you know europe mostly eastern europe
0: <laughs> yes. and they treat her very they treat her very well over there
1: and she's also doing really well in south america and latin america and mexico so it's gonna be a worldwide hit and not in Latin america and too bad for you
0: yeah, well, exactly. If the U.S. doesn't want to listen to it, then shame on them because they're missing out.
1: I, I've been listening to it a lot in the past week, and it it it's really good. It just has different layers. It.
0: it. I mean, I was a fan from the get go. Um, it, my f- fandom has not wavered over the the last week. Uh, I've I still enjoy it. I think I'm anxious to hear some remixes though, just to sort of see where they
1: take it. Um, Have you heard that one remix that's out? by DJ Rainey. yeah that's not official though I, not official. so I, I won't listen to it because it's not official but it was
0: I mean it's nice I, I I like when I hear fan remixes because it says that well one you know fans are still interested and um, and it's them being able to express their art and create on behalf of her and I think that's great but I'm curious to see when she's going to drop those maybe it'll maybe it'll be after the video.
1: Um, I mean, there have to be. Remixes. Oh, there has Never to be. Not released a single without remixes. Well,
0: and because if she doesn't, uh, I mean, she will release dance remixes because the uh, Hot 100 Dance chart on if Billboard rules, is the one chart she can still get number ones on, and I believe she still has the record for the most number one dance tracks of any artist. So she needs to keep going with that to further her record because she's not going to get a number one song on the top 100 with this.
1: No, not just by being a housekeeper, an equestrian, prisoner. Not,
0: not that Madonna cares about notching another number one at the end of the day.
1: I think she cares. I think she cares.
0: She, well, she probably doesn't not care, but it's not, I don't think it's her sole focus. I'm sure it's a nice to have. But.
1: With most of like the lead singles, though, I always get really excited, and then the album comes out, and then I realize that that's like my least favorite song on the album. So that's why I'm super excited to hear what else is is waiting for me. You know, I know there's going to be something that's just going to like scream at me.
0: Well, I sometimes agree that the lead singles are often not as exciting as the rest of the album, but in other times, I think sometimes the lead single sets the tone and, um, and then she delivers really great stuff. Continue after that.
1: You read that Idolator article about the lead singles. I mean, I always think about the lead singles. I have playlists that are just about lead singles.
0: Yeah. The Idolator article was really great. I love that they took the time to sort of spell that out. They, um, if any if if any of our listeners haven't read it they basically uh looked and examined the every lead single from each madonna album in the past and up to Medellin and sort of ranked them um, we we were going to go through them and talk about them not sort of like condemning or condoning uh, what idolater had said but just sort of like just a little bit of conversation, uh, which I thought was interesting. Tony, shall we go? Shall we? Shall we dive in?
1: Yeah, I think the, the the first one, I mean, the last one, number fourteen, is "Give Me All Your Lovin" from M.D.N.A. Yes, "Give Me All Your Lovin." I think... There was a demo, right? Wasn't there a demo that was floating around for like a month before it came out?
0: Well, they had. I'm trying to think if that song had leaked or there was. It was part of. There was definitely a leak that happened, but I think "Give Me All Your Lovin." was disappointing to me because I expected a little bit better from her and Martin tholvig when I heard that the two of them were teaming up I was really excited and when I heard the results of it I was a little I thought it was a little lackluster um, although idolater did say the song has stood the test of time which I do happen to agree with I do think if you listen to it now it still s- sounds kind of cutesy and fresh and you know the cheerleader chants are kind of fun and the video, I think, is super cute. Uh,
1: I love the video. I, it's one of the top Madonna videos for me. Just, for it's just doing. different.
0: I like the tone of it. I like the. It's just. It's a fun sort of strange video. I think the downfall of that was that "Give Me All Your Love" and did not set the proper tone for the rest of MDNA. I think "Girl Gone Wild" would have been a far better lead single uh, from that. Album to set the tone for what fans should expect. But I think her marketing team said, no, we need something sort of up and family appropriate so that way you can perform at the Super Bowl. And that's what we got.
1: So, give me all your living with the pom poms. After that, they have American Life. And this was during a time, you know, Donna's career, I mean, whenever an album would come out the single would be out for three or four months before the album would release. So you had like a big gap, you know, to hear the song and see the video. And American life was one of those, but I think that hurt the album because the album is so diverse as far as sounds. And it doesn't sound like American life. Not, not especially.
0: The American life album era was, I think it was struck down by that single and and then the subsequent video. I remember that when they had to rework the video because they wouldn't air it because it was a little too controversial, and then they just had a video of her ta- of her singing just her just her head that was singing terrible. To the video. That was terrible. it was just it was it was really stupid and uh, just disappointing and I think th- it was a bad sort of first step and also her rapping in that song did not really do her any favors. People, all they could think about was how terrible her rap was. I I mean, as a fan, I think it's kind of cute now, you know, that we, we have sort of like a Madonna rap and it's fun to sort of like quote that every now and again, but in terms of like a proper good rap, I, I don't no. know if it necessarily
1: flies, the but- first time um, I heard yeah. the song, was completely out of context and it was before it was released as a single. I was watching HBO and they, they had this like two minute, no. Yeah. It was like a minute, 30 second uh, coming attractions for all the HBO shows, like the Sopranos and sex in the city and all that stuff. And they were playing the chorus from American life over it because Madonna was a Warner brothers artist. And this was, you know, HBO. And I was like, Oh wow, it's the new Madonna song. This is kind of cool but then it came out the song came out with a context of the album concept and the video and it just became something else and i don't know i like the uncensored video i think it's great dancing
0: oh it is it's i th- it's a great message video but um idolater questioned whether the american life era would have turned out better/differently if she had opened that era with a different single because uh, there's Name. so many other yeah, You know, like, nothing, if she had opened with Nothing Fails, uh, I mean, it would have set a very, very different tone. Uh, yeah, because
1: Hollywood is just as hard and inalienating as American Life. You know, those two songs are just, you know, that and Nobody Knows Me, those three songs are just, like, hard, cold as ice. You know? Yeah.
0: I mean, personally, I also feel like the part of my disappointment for American Life was that it was the first time Madonna had sort of repeated herself uh, Acoustically slash sonically with an album, you know, she had she had done the music album uh, with Mirror Ways and then she did the American Life album with Mirror Ways and the American Life album just sounded a little too similar. So I remember when I heard the American Life song, I was like, "This sounds just like the music album." So it, to me, it wasn't a bit of a progression, but
1: it just felt truncated. I felt like there was more to be had.
0: Yeah, all, all that to say. I happen to love the American life album. Mm -hmm. It is one of the albums that I sort of listen all the the way through. So, um, you know,
1: so everybody, which is the first single from Madonna, but no one knew when everybody came out, no one was waiting for it. I mean, it was very, you know, it was very new. No one knew who Madonna was. I don't think it was until like borderline that people were like, Oh, and then you go back to everybody. So this,
0: yeah, I mean, I think everybody is a is like, one of the quintessential 80s Madonna tracks. I don't think, I mean, as far as like a lead single goes, yes, it technically is the lead single from her first album, but that whole first album was sort of just like a bunch of, a bunch of different singles and then they put it together. So they get, before, before EPs existed, that's what they sort of did with her. And, um, but it's a great song. I love that she's
1: reinvented it a couple times. And uh, so next we have Living for Love from Rebel Heart, which I really, really love. But we all know that Rebel Heart was a nightmare. I mean, she she didn't get to do what she wanted to do as far as like, you know, releasing a proper single, video performances, all that. It just all got screwed up with the leaking. So, yeah,
0: Yeah, the leaks didn't do her any favors. The tumble at the Brit Awards didn't do her any favors.
1: I also feel like. Well, dressing like a Toreador is not a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> not really well, I mean, she,
0: she looked cute, but um and, and visually the performance that she did at the Grammys was really great and flawless. I loved when they sort of like carried her up in the air and whatnot. Yeah, but,
1: but looking for like um, better. It's a really good song.
0: Well, and I feel like the album version was not as good as the version she did at Le Grand Journal, the French television show. Yeah, that was had, I feel like if she had released that, it was a little bit more house. The, the vibe and I feel like if she had released that version as the single version it would have done better sort of like what she did with express yourself where the album version was a little soft and then the the video version was more electronic and but who knows
1: so next they threw in Medellin which we've talked to death but yeah that's Madonna's latest single and I you know think it's doing good and it's probably a slow burn or it might just you know Cease to exist the minute the next song gets released.
0: Well, and I love the fact that they so like in terms of how Idolaters ranking all of them, all of the other songs we have the luxury of being able to look back and how they've lasted. Right. And I feel like Medellin because it's obviously it's too early to call on its longevity or whatnot, but um, it will be interesting to sort of see how it stands up. I don't think obviously. I don't think it's going to be one of her stronger singles that are as the lead single from an album. Right. Because
1: all of the, link, all the singles that have preceded this, none of them have stuck. You know, they're songs that grab attention the minute they are released because it's Madonna's new single. And then that's it. That's all you get.
0: Yeah. When, when you, I think the success of a lead single means the moment you hear that song, it is a definitive Madonna song for the rest of her career. And up until this point, I mean, everybody, yes, but other than that, the other songs so far, I don't think sort of hold that. And I think that also goes into the next one on Idolater's list, which is Four Minutes. I also do not think Four Minutes is a quintessential Madonna song, mostly because it sounds like a Timbaland, Nelly Furtado song. Listen, and I
1: said it then and I'll say it now. Four minutes is a stunt. That's all it is. Yeah.
0: They needed they needed a way for her and Justin Timberlake to have a duet. And But my problem was and always has been about this song and subsequent album that it was to me the first time Madonna took a step back as opposed to a step forward. It was the first time that she was doing something that people had done a couple years ago, as opposed to leading us into the future. You know, she had sort of set such a precedence with some of the f- previous albums, mm-hmm. and then this comes out, and it sounds like something from ten years ago, which I thought was very questionable.
1: Yeah, but that year, everybody was everybody was doing that. Everyone had that sound. It was really obnoxious, and you just had to had to get through it. You know. <laughs>
0: Um, And then the next song they have after four minutes is Like a Virgin, which I think, oh, and Idolator makes sure to point out that from Like a Virgin on up, all of the songs are sort of like so close in, in terms of which one's better than the other, that it's like infinitesimal differences in terms of which one's more iconic than the others, which I have to agree with because from this point on all of the other lead singles, it's just like, powerhouse Madonna songs. Um,
1: the thing that I remember about Like a Virgin from being around in 1984 when it came out was that it was still like, it came on the radio. It was like the new Madonna song, but they were still playing Borderline and Borderline was actually played more than Like a Virgin. Like a Virgin didn't really become a hit until later.
0: Well, I wonder if that has to do with the, the song title. I mean, Like a Virgin, you know, that was, I think the first, time Madonna sort of started rocking the controversy boat. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Oh yeah. That was that was that was the first time, yeah.
0: Yeah, and to have that as you know, the the word virgin probably scared off radio a little bit. But
1: but then a couple of months later she shows up on the first VMAs and rolls around on the floor and boom a star is born.
0: Yeah. Well and they couldn't not play it, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like they radio didn't have a choice. People wanted it. So um uh Unlike Like a Virgin, the next song on the list that Idolator has is Erotica, which I don't know if, if you know this, but Erotica represents the first time a lead single from Madonna was not played on the radio.
1: Actually, the first time I heard it was on the radio. Really? Yeah, I was driving back from L.A. with my friend Shannon. We were driving back to Portland, Oregon. We were going to school. And it came on the radio and it was like, I think it was an LA radio station. The uh, guy I was going to say
0: they were not playing Madonna in Philadelphia with erotica.
1: Yeah. The, the DJ announced it and it's her new single and it played. And the first time I heard it, I, I didn't understand it. I didn't, I didn't understand what was happening. And my friend <laughs> was the entire time, <laughs> especially in the very last part where she goes erotic. Ah.
0: Yeah. The, well, the video frightened me. I, uh, I had sort of, I think I had just sort of gotten over seeing Madonna in Justify My Love. And I then was confronted with the, the various different stories that she was presenting from the sex book. And that was the behind the scenes video that they shot and cobbled together for the erotica video. And I just remember thinking, what on earth is she doing? And it, now I love that song. I love that album, and I love that era.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At the moment that it was coming out, I was petrified. I, I was like, Madonna has gone off the deep end. What is she doing? Her, her career is over.
1: <laughs> I was confused with Erotica as a single, but when I heard it in the context of the album, and the next day I bought the book, and it all came together, and I saw the video, and it was all... It Was all one big smut fest, you
0: know? yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Um, but I liked it, I like it now. I, I think it works now. Um, yeah, and
1: I, I mean, it's secret, which is like one of my favorite songs. And when that came out, I was so happy, I was so happy because it was just what I wanted. I it didn't was a want
0: perfect it. Madonna song. This, the song was catchy and gorgeous. I thought the video. St- the styling, the look that she was coming out, those smoky eyes and the the nose ring and the short white platinum hair. I just, everything was so perfect about that lead single and then consequence, that consequential era. It just was so good.
1: Yeah, the thing about Secret is that it actually sounds like the Bedtime Stories album. And I love that because it takes you into the album as opposed to some of the other lead singles.
0: Well, and then obviously we have one of Madonna's biggest and best lead singles uh, from an album ever, "Music."
1: Music. I was really confused when I heard this. I I did not understand. I thought it sounded like that song "Planet Soul." <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like wait, she's doing this kind of music now? And yeah, first time I heard it was also on the radio. It was it was my alarm came on, and it was back in the day when I had a Bose wave radio and that was a song that started playing about five minutes after I woke up and I was still half asleep. And I was like, this is not,
0: well, that's a good song to wake up to that'll, that'll wake you up. That's for sure.
1: But I kept saying to myself, this can't be the new Madonna song. This can't be no, no, this is not what I want right now. Or
0: were you disappointed?
1: I wasn't disappointed. I was confused. And because I'd heard it on the radio, I had no way to hear it anywhere. And then, luckily, the next day, I this is I just moved to New York. I was hanging out with some friends, and one of them said, "Oh, I have the Madonna album because he got it from a friend who worked at a label." Blah blah blah, one of those things. And it was one of those, you know, uh, promo only CD.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, those friends of a friends who worked at the label,
1: right? It was a white label CD, and it had like the the music stamp on it, you know, with the it said Madonna music, and it looked like a like a Western stamp. And we heard it that night. And I was, I was so into it. I mean, musically it was, it was perfect.
0: Yeah. And it was, I loved how I just, with that song, I loved how different it sounded than anything that was currently like, playing on the radio. And I, I it
1: threw me off because I was like, i would never heard her even come close to this. I mean, Ray of Light was one thing, but this is something else.
0: Well, it was exactly, it was such a uh, 180 degree turn from, what she had done with Ray of
1: Light, Ray of Light was lush, and I honestly thought she was going to repeat Ray of Light for the rest of her career. Because <laughs> <it> was-
0: Surprise. <laughs> yeah, I just loved how sparse and analog it almost sounded. Where mm-hmm. it was such a stark contrast from Ray of Light, and, um, straight from the streets. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was kind of crunchy and and gritty, which I loved, and and the video I sort of I, I loved. To me, it sort of made sense that she was now leading the charge of like, here she is pregnant in a cowboy hat and a faux fur coat, going to a strip club and just having a ladies' night out. And I just thought it was brilliant.
1: But it was also like one of those Madonna dreams come true where you see her video and it's instantly iconic. Like, you know, that like what you're seeing now is what everyone's going to freak out about for the rest of the year, you know? Yeah. Next, we have Live to Tell, which uh, is the first single from True Blue.
0: Believe it or not, yes, everyone thinks Papa Don't Preach, but nope.
1: No, Live to Tell was on MTV for a year before True Blue came out. And it was, it was everywhere. I mean, everywhere you went. If you went to the mall, if you went to the roller rink, everywhere you went, you heard Live to Tell.
0: Oh, the roller rink. Good times.
1: In your Walkman, Live to Tell.
0: <laughs> on your cassettes.
1: Junior high. Talent shows, live to tell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, people must have butchered that song at a talent show.
1: Oh, they did. Uh (laughs) Frozen, which was one of those, also like American Life, one of those enigmatic singles, because it—I think it was about a couple months before Ray of Light came out as an album. So we were like inundated with Frozen, and it was a great, it was a good thing, you know.
0: Yes, Idolator, and I'm quoting them when I say this. Frozen was a moment of pop genius, and I have to agree. It's I remember the first time I heard that song, it was, again, like listening to the music single. It was right. like, what is she doing with this? What, what it, it didn't sound like anything that was currently yeah. out on the radio. It was orchestral but electronic, and just all of the way that William Orbit had the sounds bouncing around and the clangs and the crashes. And the only
1: reason it was being played on the radio was because it was Madonna. Otherwise, that kind of music was not on the radio.
0: No, but I love that it ushered in Veronica Electronica into the Madonna story and the yeah, video.
1: Yeah, that remix album that she talked about in the uh, Frozen behind-the-scenes special on MTV.
0: On the desert with Kurt Loder.
1: Yeah, she's like, I have a remix album coming out called Veronica Electronica. Really? Mm-hmm. Where is it? <laughs> is it but Lost in the Desert?
0: <laughs> that was a great lead single. Uh, it was a... I, I mean, although I had heard of the, the troubles that they encountered while filming the video in the desert that they had oh, wanted...
1: Who years. It was... In, another one of those instantly iconic videos. When you see that, you you can't unsee that. You know? Yeah, the, I, I
0: think the, the, the wow factor from that video, the moment you were, you were brought into that video was when she falls backwards and it crashes onto the ground and she explodes into those birds. If you're not on board by that time, just forget it, you know, just forget go it. to bed.
1: So speaking of going to bed, we got Hung Up next. Hung Up is one of those songs that... When it came out and you're in the middle of it, it's amazing. Now I kind of don't want to listen to it again.
0: I remember hearing. Well, so I love "Hung Up." I thought "Hung Up" was great. I love that she.
1: It was one of those singles that like in, in incited excitement.
0: Yes, there was a. There's a nice energy to it. I like that. I mean, it's a catchy ass chorus. I I love that she was able to get Ava to lend her their song to sample because they had never done that up until that point. And I, I think if you watch the video, the video, again, is iconic Madonna. Her yeah. in that her in that pink leotard with that boom box in the rehearsal studio is brilliant.
1: Yeah, she could use a burger, though. Oh, she's skinny there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And last but not least, number one, Like a Prayer. Uh-huh. Yes,
0: obviously. I think um, it stands the test of time and has become one of Madonna's longstanding go-to songs when she wants to be serious and meaningful. You know, like if she wants to be serious, she whips out like a prayer and then you know, Madonna's serious.
1: This is so iconic to me because I remember when this was happening and all we'd known of Madonna in the last three years was that shock white hairdo, true blue, you can dance. Who's that girl? girl. And it became, she became a caricature of herself. And, you know, she was a pop bimbo Madonna singing these dance songs and we loved her and she was funny and she, you know, made jokes and blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, like a prayer comes out and it's like, whoa, she's serious.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, and you know, it was, uh, it's an iconic song of hers, I think you know it and as we were saying before, it set the proper tone for the rest of the album when you heard like a prayer, everything else that followed after that from express yourself to cherish to oh father to keep it together all of those subsequent singles all sounded cohesive it was it made sense it was a proper lead single that sort of set the tone for the rest of the album whereas like some of her other singles have not done that. You know, she releases releases like "Give Me All Your Lovin." If if you heard that song, and as we did before the rest of the album, you would never know. You would never know that "Girl Gone Wild" was going to come out, or that "Gang Bang" was going to come out of that. You know, like "Like a Prayer," it just flowed. It made sense. Um, yeah. Case to- in
1: point, the singles from Rebel Heart. None of them sounded cohesive. That was a little all over the place. Yeah, they were good singles. They just belonged in different records.
0: Yes. Um, well, and so then um Idolaru does stress that they were excluding one very important lead single, which was Vogue. Uh, the reason they say is because uh, I'm breathless is not a technical Madonna album. And oh, I, okay. I would like to challenge them on that because I think I'm breathless is not a movie soundtrack album. It is a actual Madonna album.
1: Yeah, she sang every song on that album and she has a duet with Mandy Patinkin and Warren Beatty. Who else can say that?
0: Well, and I agree, yes, some of the songs were on the Dick Tracy soundtrack, yes, because they were written for the movie, but she and, and Patrick Leonard got together and decided to go head-to-head and try and match Stephen Sondheim and write their own fresh, original songs And um, and I love that they did that. And then Vogue sort of just was like burbling around, and they were going to use it as a B side. And the record company, very smartly, as we all know, decided no, you have to, you have to use this as the first single. And thank God she did. And
1: she built the whole tour around it.
0: And I would, I mean, I ven- I would venture to say that Vogue almost usurps like a prayer a little bit in terms of iconic Madonna. I mean, it's I think it's by like us. A smidge. It well, might at the
1: time, that. it was just assumed that every song that she came out with was going to be a big pop hit. It was just another one, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, and I just, I, I remember think when... I think granted. When, <laughs> when Vogue came out, that sort of set the standard for what I expected from lead Madonna singles after that, which is why, like, looking back on some of her lead singles now, it's like, wait, that's the song you're coming out with first? Because... Yeah it was not like like a prayer. It was not like Vogue. It was not this huge, big song. And
1: And Vogue had a big gap too, because I think it came out in April, maybe even March. No, but I think it came out in April and I'm Breathless didn't come out until mid-June.
0: Right. Well, and I guess that was the one, if you're talking in terms of lead singles that don't set the tone for the album, when Vogue came out, I was expecting the rest of I'm Breathless to be a bunch of Vogues, as I've said in the past. <laughs>
1: But, so you got Hanky yeah. Panky as the next singer. Yeah, yes. I was a little disappointed. And the Bare Bones remix. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. That's, oh, the 90s.
1: I went to a gay country bar in Houston one night in 1991. And I got to see a bunch of cowboys do a line dance to Hanky Panky, the Bare Bones. Oh, wow. Wow.
0: Who would have known that "Don't Tell Me" was coming out in only a couple of years?
1: I could have just told them to hold on, guys. You know, that <laughs> was that was a, a tragic sight that I still have not been able to get out of my head. <laughs> All
0: right, Tony. So I've been getting a lot of feedback from Instagram not and happy. Twitter and Facebook. People have been asking what's your madonna journey and i know i have one i know you have one i think everyone who's a madonna fan has a madonna journey so i'd like to start a new segment on our podcast called <laughs> what's your madonna journey
1: well our madonna journeys are probably going to have to be stretched out over several episodes because this shit can get very deep. yes
0: deep yes We cannot, we, one cannot tell their entire Madonna journey in one small little podcast episode. No, I don't think
1: so. Especially when I feel like a new journey begins with each new era.
0: (laughs) Yes, I agree. I would agree with that. Well, so you kick us off, Tony. Tony, what's your Madonna journey?
1: I distinctly remember, I grew up in Houston, Texas, so this was in 1983, and it must have been the, I think it was the summer and I'm driving with my mother in her car and listening to the radio and driving down Wilcrest. I won't forget that. The song comes on the radio and it's a borderline and it just kind of like goes through me. And, you know, as a kid, I listened to music very intently and, you know, I definitely had favorite songs, but I didn't really have favorite artists at that time. And yeah, the song just like, just really struck me. I, I loved the voice. It was the voice. And it also sounded very different. So then the song's over and the guy's like, that's Madonna. She's new. And that was it. Every, every time I heard her name, I sought it out, you know, whatever they were talking about, whether it was her song or her video. And I think Lucky Star was the next thing. That was all over MTV and yeah, I mean, from, from then on, MTV was your go-to place for Madonna. So I kind of just followed that. I, I remember someone gave me the Like a Virgin album for my birthday the next year. And then, you know, I had no excuse. I mean, I had, someone gave me a Madonna album. I had to listen to it all the time. Mm-hmm. After that, you know, I was really into uh, like New Wave and guitar rock and things like that. So I didn't really think about Madonna again until True Blue. And I noticed that it was mostly girls at my school that were really into True Blue and they knew every song. And so I kind of like dialed it back because it just didn't seem kosher to be like running around screaming Jimmy Jimmy like the girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was lucky enough to go to the Who's That Girl tour at the Astrodome with my friend Dave. Mr. Dory, just because I was hanging out with them that summer and something happened and they said, Yeah, do you want to go? And the parents drove us. It was this whole thing and it was amazing. And it was the Astrodome and it was huge and we were nowhere near. But I think, I mean, I understand now why it was staged the way it was because she was doing arenas. So a bare black stage with her just in the middle running back and forth is perfect if you're, you know, 20 miles, 50 miles away, you know? So that was an incredible show. I mean, it was nonstop energy and I was really into her, but I wasn't into the hair. By the time You Can Dance came out, I was kind of like just over it. You know, I was onto other stuff. I was, you know, into the Smiths and darkness and- Oh, serious. Yeah, no, I didn't want to hear it. I mean, as frivolous as I got, it was probably Erasure 12-inch remixes, but- mm. And then Like a Prayer starts. I see the video. Actually, no. It was before that. They had this long, drawn-out, two-week tease to the Pepsi commercial. Yeah. And it was those commercials with, like, the Aborigine walking through the outback, and he's just looking for a TV so he can see the Madonna commercial.
0: Right. I think I remember them saying, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, make sure that you
1: watch. And... I didn't watch the Cosby show, so I was like, great, I have to watch the Cosby show now to see this Madonna commercial. And I watched <laughs> it and I was so in love with it. And this is the song taken out of context. It's the first time I'm hearing the song, and it's her just dancing around, singing about like a prayer, and it didn't mean anything. It was fluffy, it was pop, it was cute, and it was Pepsi. And it just meant Madonna was Michael Jackson to me.
0: That's mm-hmm. all. Absolutely, yep.
1: It meant she is that big now. She is Michael Jackson. Suck it, Michael Jackson. Suck it. Well, he would.
0: oh punch.
1: So then the next day, the "Like a Prayer" video premieres on MTV. I remember coming home from school. I recorded it on timer. I just learned how to do that. I was so proud of myself, and I watched the "Like a Prayer" video, and I freak the fuck out. It was so good, and it was so edgy for me, you know as 15, 16 year old. And I just couldn't believe it. And then it just, that was, that just led you right into everything that came, you know, after, you know, the like prayer, express yourself, which just took a sharp left turn, took you in another place. And then the Blonde Ambition tour is announced and, you know, Vogue is released. And I go to that concert with my three best friends. And I, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing. I think we had like 13th row. I think the tickets were like $40, 40 Oh my God, imagine. And this was at the summit in Houston. It was the first US show after the rainy debacle in Japan. put mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> on your boat costume and that's your costume for the night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the mood for Eskimos on ice. So... Yeah, like she said in Truth or Dare, this was the first show that they did in full costume, and it was, it was amazing. She had that big, ornate cross during Like a Prayer, and she was swinging around, and it hit her in the face and gave her a bruise right above her eyebrow, and you got to see it on the big video screen. It was very exciting. Hmm. So yeah, that's the first part of my Madonna journey. Um, it, gets, it gets good, but this is how it started. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stefan, you tell us. What's your Madonna journey?
0: What's my Madonna journey? Uh, well, I th- my very first introduction to Madonna was a, th- a girl in my fifth grade class. Uh, she had a birthday party. And it was around the time when kissing parties were becoming very popular. And, and they've all- always been
1: popular. Right, of course. Well,
0: no, they were becoming popular to our age group oh, at the time. Yeah. yeah. So, um, at all the birthday random birthday parties, you know, it was always like, um, spin the bottle or seven minutes in heaven, what have you will. But for, um, this girl's, uh, birthday party, all the parents had told her parents that they didn't want us to be making out with each other. So her parents had to chaperone the party and the form of entertainment to take over for the kissing was for them to let us watch a video on their Betamax. And the video was Madonna's Virgin tour. And I remember when they popped the tape in, I was really disappointed that we would have to sit there and watch a video, but the, the opening to the, the Virgin tour came on where it's, you know, like I went to New York and I had a dream and that started. And I was like, who is this blonde woman? And what <laughs> is she why is she talking in this strange voice? And then dress you up starts. And she comes out with that coat and the purple skirt and those leotards and the hair scrunchies and the bedangled jewels and her jelly bracelets. And I was just like, I was mesmerized. I just remember just being transfixed the entire time. And I had no idea who she was. And I would never heard any of these songs before. I never really listened to the radio as, as a young kid. And, um, and then at the very end, they sort of bookend the Virgin tour video with more of her in that black and white footage with the blonde hair. And it ends with her, they loop her laughing over and over and over again. It's just her laughing, laughing, laughing for like, a minute straight. And one of my best friends, Jennifer and I, we were listening to her laugh and it just tickled us so much. And we just started like laughing uncontrollably because Madonna was laughing. And I was on board with Madonna ever since. And I remember it, I guess because of like when video releases came out, it was right around the time that the, who's that girl soundtrack had just come out. Mm -hmm. And, um, My grandmother had taken me to like, well, it wasn't Walmart. because I don't think we had Walmart at the time, but had taken me to like one of those discount stores and said, you can buy whatever album you want. And I ran and got the Who's That Girl album. And that was my very first Madonna cassette that I ever owned was Who's That Girl. And then I very quickly caught up um with all the past madonna songs so i had then my cousin had told me well you know that she has other albums and so i got the madonna album and the like a prayer uh like a virgin and then true blue and then of of course like a prayer descends upon all of us and it was just heaven sent and by that point i was full-blown madonna fan you know like i i was following her and I went to a private Christian school. So when Like a Prayer came out and the controversy around that sort of bubbled over and they were talking about it in chapel the one day. And I remember (laughs) people were like staring at me because they knew I was a Madonna fan because they were talking and mentioning like Madonna and her controversial Like a Prayer video and how she's dancing in front of burning crosses and how this is anti-Christian. People were like looking at me like I was now finally like becoming guilty by association so like if you liked madonna suddenly now you're being drawn into the controversy as well because it's like somehow it's your fault that she's dancing in front of the crosses um but yeah and then when vogue hit the scene uh in 1990 i mean it was every hour on the hour on the radio in philadelphia and i was obsessed with that song and dancing i was voguing anywhere that i could vogue whenever that song would come on and Um, I too went to the Blonde Ambition tour, uh, but unlike yourself, I was super cheap seats up in the back. I mean, we were like third, third level at the spectrum in Philadelphia. I mean, she looked like this little blonde aunt running around on stage. And I, the only way I could see her was up close was the screens, obviously, but we also brought, we brought binoculars and I remember, and so my mom and my friend Jennifer's mom chaperoned us to the to the show. We were so nervous because at that point in the tour, that was around the time when she was having the throat problems, and which she alludes to in the Truth or Dare documentary. And she was talking about how she had to cancel shows. And so we had, she was performing three nights back to back in Philadelphia. I'm always so stunned that she was doing back-to-back shows. like She was doing the 15th, 16th, and 17th in Philadelphia. We bought the 16th because that's my birthday. and But she canceled the 15th. And we were so relieved we didn't buy the 15th because we were like, well, should we get the first night? We're like, no, let's go on my birthday. It'll be a great birthday gift. And she canceled the 15th. And they didn't know if she was going to do the 16th either because her throat was acting up. So we were literally driving down to the spectrum then at like an hour before the show listening to the radio. And they were literally just saying, well, it's still on for all we know. But, um, and then she came on, she performed and um, yeah, it was, I just, I, I just remember what a amazing experience the Blonde Ambition tour was. And um, I bought that Blonde Ambition t-shirt with her from the express yourself video where she's sort of naked and looking over her, mm-hmm. over, over her shoulder or whatnot. And I, wore that t-shirt nonstop every day almost. But um, yeah, that was, that's the beginning of my Madonna journey. But as you said, there is so much more still to come.
1: (laughs) Well, I think we've got a lot to cover on our next episode. When you join us, we will have seen the Medellin video and we will probably have more information because this woman keeps giving you stuff every day.
0: Yes, it's, uh, she's, she's been very giving. Thank you, Madonna. We appreciate it.
1: You know what I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about Madame X? Is we were talking about the merch last time, and I discovered that the merch sold on ShoppingUK.Madonna.com is a little bit different. That's where you can buy the Madame X Deluxe box set that has the CD with three additional tracks. Oh, yes. And you can also buy the Madame X Deluxe 2 CD with the three additional tracks on its own, which I didn't see until it was too late. You can also buy the cassette from this website as well. But
0: the And did you, get, did you get the box set?
1: Yes, I did. I got the box set because... I didn't scroll down long enough to see that I could just buy the CD. So now I'm stuck with a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Uh,
0: Did you get any other Madame X
1: merch? Nope. That's it. Oh, you didn't. I got a t-shirt. So in the box set edition, there's three additional songs. One is called Fuana. Another one is called back that up to the beat, which I think you told me was rumored to be Pharrell.
0: Yes. Yes. I've, Madonna fans cheered when they heard that she was releasing "Back That Up to the Beat" because yes, that was a song she did with Pharrell for the Hard Candy session, and it's finally getting. I hope they reworked it though. I, I mean, the demo is nice, but I uh, I'm hoping that they sort of make it a little bit more current.
1: And then the last extra track is called "Chow Bella," which just scares me. It scares me.
0: Oh, see, I think that sounds cute. I have a feeling that, because when I think of like unreleased tracks, like bonus tracks or whatever, I think of things like um, Ring My Bell that came off of, what album did that come off of? I
1: like like Ring My Bell.
0: I like Ring My Bell. And that's what I think in terms of, or like um, Beautiful Killer,
1: you know, off of MDMA. That should be an album.
0: Those are like. Beautiful Scars." Yes, beautiful scars. Exactly, like those are like unreleased additional bonus tracks that I'm I'm happy with. And when I saw Chow Bella, I, that's what I thought of. I, I, I heard when I saw Chow Bella, I thought, ring my bell,
1: or Cyber Raga. We'll see. Uh,
0: yeah, well, or, or. <laughs> <laughs> well, or has to be, and has to be is probably one of my favorite all time Madonna songs ever. I and love. You, has Ooh, I, I love,
1: love that song, and it's hard to find. I mean, I have it on my CD, of course, but I don't have it on digital or
0: no well yeah i don't i well exactly her the spotify and itunes need to get their shit together their back catalog is a mess with her and i really would love for them to clean that up
1: yeah especially you know the thing with itunes is that she came out with all these special editions for her earlier albums so they need to they need to honor that <laughs>
0: yeah but yeah i love it has to be i think it has to be is it's just such a beautiful song and Sonically, it's so interesting and intriguing. And I understand why they didn't put it on Ray of Light, but I still love it anyway.
1: This is why I want a box set so all these songs can appear and live in one place.
0: Well, and now you have it.
1: <laughs> no, I mean like a, a career spanning box set.
0: Uh, well, you know what? I bet you that will be her next, the, the next offering that we get uh, from her will probably be. Uh, a big box set and then
1: I mean you know, they they've already built the foundation for it because there was supposed to be one released I think after American Life or before there was a project there was a I, I don't know the timeline but there was a box set project that just got shelled so that was with Warner Brothers now that she's with Live Nation I mean Interscope we'll, we'll see what happens but I do feel like that's you know, a career-spanning retrospective that's not celebration.
0: Yeah, the celebration was a little half-assed.
1: Oh yeah, and the CDs are such bad quality. I mean, the DVDs are such bad quality. Um, when you, you know, the the way that the videos are transferred is just, it's not it's not. Yeah, they didn't
0: care. They just sort of rushed it out.
1: But we don't have to worry about that with Madame X because we're getting quality. We're getting good. quality.
0: She's she's serving it
1: up. <laughs> We're getting a very chic package and I'm very, very happy with it.
0: Yeah, I like what I see so far. And and so much more to come.
1: <sighs> She's a legend. Okay, that was it for this week's episode. Episode two, look at us. Aww. Episode two. Until next time guys, don't forget to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. We're also on Instagram at MLBC Podcast. And if you want to email us, we are at Podcast at gmail.com. See you next time. See you guys.